Hello and welcome to What's Mine is Mine with Bianca Lynn, a podcast where I talk to my friends and peers about our experiences as black and brown professionals. I want this podcast to be a reminder that what's mine is mine and that it, our destiny and future accomplishments already has our name on it. No one or nothing can take away what we're supposed to do. There will be challenges, but it doesn't matter because what's mine is mine. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She's a seasoned marketing executive who has been in the game for nearly 20 years. She's worked for major publishers like Rolling Stone, Men's Journal, Essence, and Complex, and led teams to develop and produce marketing strategies for brands across multiple touchpoints. Her dedication to her craft and mentorship is top-notch, which has assisted her in her corporate journey where she holds positions as an advisory board member of the Player Circle, a judge for the Webby Awards, and most recently closed a chapter as Vice President of Innovation and Consumer Experience at Complex Networks. She is Lauren McRae. Hi. Hey, Lauren. I feel like I've been having this conversation with you forever. (laughs) You know, we've, we've talked about uh, about it a few times, but it's all right. We're going to get there. Yes, we are. We are. So um, just a little context. Lauren and I have now recorded this. This is our third time um, trying to get this together because for some reason I keep messing up the audio, but that's okay. The enemy's trying to hold us back and she has a story to tell. The devil is alive. We're going to get okay. through it. So Lauren, as your intro states, you've been in the game for nearly 20 years and you've worked for major publishers like Rolling Stone, Essence, and Complex. And you and I have spent time together at Complex, which I want to dive into. But before we get there, I wanted to know what were some of your favorite projects that you have done before you got to Complex? Because you did spend 12 years out of your career at one place, which is like not it's like unheard of nowadays you know so before we dive into that what were what was a favorite project of yours like coming up in your career I had such a great time at Essence and really it was because of my amazing boss Cassandra Pierre Charles who's also a mentor and a friend of mine I love her like to the moon and back she taught me so much so while I was there I was able to work on Essence Fest which just being able to work on Essence Fest Whoever has a lot of people have worked at on Essence Fest. It is a rush. It is something that you you just can't even put into words if you haven't experienced it. You know, sweating profusely, having to take like five showers a day if you can get that because you're also not sleeping. Maybe two hours out of the weekend, out of that week that you're there, and just watching all these beautiful people, just black people, just be around each other, love each other, celebrate each other. And then the music at the end, it was a vibe like New Orleans, like the food and just the line and all these things that were happening around you. It was really, really beautiful when I could like take a look and look at it versus, you know, Mm -hmm. working, you just don't get a chance sometimes. But the moments where I had to take a step back and watch, it was really just comforting to do that and work for a brand that, you know, really has been faithful to black culture. And another one I wanted to mention, I, I know you said one project and I'm going over, oh, but it's okay. the, the reason I'm telling the story because the purpose and the meaning of it to me, what happened at Essence and what I did at Essence. So Black Women in Hollywood, I was there when they started it. Wow. And for those of you who don't know, Black Women in Hollywood is an event that they do around award season. And it was an opportunity to celebrate Black Hollywood because no one was celebrating Black Hollywood 
and the lack of representation at the Oscars. So Essence did what they normally do, took it into their own hands and started to celebrate Black Hollywood to give them their flowers. And so just the beauty of that, I just was really appreciative of being a part of that and that the purpose in that and the intention in that was really a beautiful thing. And when you finally find a job that can give you that, no matter how hard you work, at least you can tap into that and it Mm -hmm. can make you feel good a little bit. And then my dad came to the award ceremony. So that was really a beautiful moment as well to have my dad there too. Yeah, to see what you do because I don't know about you, but for me, especially when I was at Complex or like in that publisher space, people will always be like, what's your job? Like my mom, my family, what exactly do you do? Yeah, My husband's always like, so wait, what do you do again? And I'm like, oh Lord, just say brand partnerships. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. They never know. Yeah. That's awesome. And Lauren, it feels so inspiring to hear that you were a part of Essence Fest and Black Women in Hollywood. That's an event that I'm like, I can't wait to get invited to. One of my goals for my career and just in my life is to leave a mark in Black media for women and or just like cultural. It doesn't even have to be like women specific. And that is just so inspiring. Like, wow, I'm talking to someone who is a part of that. And also we did this together, but also you launch complex con so it's like these really huge cultural moments that i like love and aspire to kind of get to as an attendee or just like on that production side and like here i am talking to the woman behind it like that yeah. is just many women me behind really it great. By the way. Yes, yes many women sorry it's not just lauren but <laughs> Just that proximity, you know, Mm -hmm. it is amazing that you were able to do that. Do you look for things like that or maybe in your next venture, because I know that Mm -hmm. you're not at Complex anymore. Yeah. Are you looking for companies that have projects like that or are open to creating something of their own? Yeah. I mean, you know, with those at the time, I didn't know I was looking for it. I don't feel like I was uh, aware enough of how much you can attach intention and purpose to a job, right? into a career. So at the time, no, but now because I went through that, because I know the feeling, I, I felt it. I'm like, Oh, I like this. Like, this is something I want to continue to do. So as I'm figuring out my next chapter, definitely I'm moving with a uh, great intention and great purpose. And one of the things I do love, even though it causes us many headaches, I do love brand partnerships. I do love working with clients, but one of the things that I I've truly fell in love with is helping them figure out how to create relationships authentically with the culture in a responsible way, right? Mm. And so you have a lot of brands that get it wrong. You have a lot of people in media that are irresponsible and that will pitch ideas, have advertisers looking crazy, do a deal that just doesn't make sense. You're like, what are you doing? Like, is offensive? Like all of these things. And so I really try to be intentional with that and speak up when something is not right. And sometimes people don't know. So, you know, I have to take a step back and say, okay, you may not know this, but let me teach you a little bit and educate you Mm -hmm. on the right way to go about this. If this is truly what you want to do, or it's like, nah, this ain't it. You don't need to do this. And if you do want to do this, we're not going to be a part of it. And we were able to have that freedom to be honest at complex after George Floyd that summer of Mm -hmm. 2020. We set up a committee to make sure that, 
you know, if we see something that brands are doing or even language in their RFPs or their proposal, anything that we felt was offensive and we felt that they were targeting us in an irresponsible way, us meaning black people in -hmm. the culture, we were encouraged to speak up and we had to look at it. We had to analyze it. And then if we needed to educate the client on why we can't go this direction, or if this is what they're doing, we can't be a part of it we were allowed to speak up and say it. So I want to keep that energy and keep continuing with companies that are okay with doing that because it's a risk. And the risk is you cannot bring on a client that is like, no, this is what we're doing. We're not being offensive who just don't understand it. But what I found is most clients do want help, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out how to position it to them and you have to figure out how to ask the right questions so you can truly, truly understand their intention of what they're trying to do. That's so powerful. I am very glad to hear that you were given that freedom and that trust in order to have those conversations. Were those conversations received well? For the most part, yeah. You know, the challenge, to be honest, not to put them on blast, was sometimes the sellers because they were nervous to risk the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So you had to kind of like get in alignment internally to make certain people understand it. And I tried to put myself in a place that, Lauren, they don't understand Black culture. They don't understand why. So let me try to just give them a few things, a few nuggets. And majority of the time, they'd be like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, let's approach it like this in a very sensitive manner. But most of the time, I I can't really identify a time where people felt no way we cannot say this or we cannot do this. If we saw something that was truly disturbing, it would be like, okay, we had to like break it down, figure it out, because you also have to be careful not to accuse a client of you know, racism or yeah. Right. And so it really did take some careful consideration. And some considerations were like, uh, well, this is a person, not the brand. So then you had to have that conversation. Well, seller, then you need to have a conversation with the person Mm -hmm. and put that person in check and let them know what we're not going to do if we're going to move forward. Right. And if it was the brand, then it's like, okay, brand, here's the pitch. This is how we should do it. So you really had to break it down uh, to its to the pieces to Mm -hmm. make sure that we are actually moving appropriately and not being offensive as well. Wow, that's deep. That's really deep. And I'm glad to hear that because one thing that like really grinds my gears about streetwear culture is that it is all about Black people, but Black people are not the ones that are in power. We are not the ones that have the money. We're not the ones in control of these brands. And what really, really grinds my gears is that it's all white men and like, all right, fine. If you want to love streetwear and you want to love Black culture, at least be with a Black woman. Mm-hmm. At least be with a black woman because your <laughs> wife is looking like she's is pop culture. And it's not the wrong pop culture because I love me some Britney Spears. Like I love pop culture. But like this is just so weird. Like I hated that. Like I hate it. It grinds my gear uh-huh. so much. And like it's a challenge for me because I still do like working in the streetwear world because it is so heavily my culture. But it's like, ooh. Oh that. yeah. I mean, it's still like the appropriation of it all is definitely a sensitive subject for, I would say, Black people, I would think. Yeah. I would, t- I would speak for myself, right? But, you know, I also have to understand that it's okay if people fall in love with Black people. Right. <laughs> 
I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? I love us too. I would fall in love too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But there just has to be a genuineness about it, like a true genuineness about it. And so there are people that genuinely just love black culture. And yeah, they're not black, but I think it's okay for people who are not black to love black culture if, if it's coming from a genuine place. Because yes. it, it, it is beautiful. It is. It is. That's true. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. I'll try to keep that in mind. So I met you when you were director um, in a male-dominated space at Complex. Mm-hmm. And having climbed some of the title heights myself, I didn't realize how much weight being in a management role can be, especially if you're not in an encouraging environment or an environment that does not really have that much diversity like in management. So all of that said, what advice do you have for women who are climbing the ranks? I mean, I would say keep climbing, you know what I mean? But uh, just know that there are going to be people there trying to step on your fingers to make you fall, right? So get the right people around you, get some mentors around you and ask for help. You know, identify people within the organization who maybe are leaders that you see or feel comforted or feel encouraged or feel supported. They may not be your direct boss. But perhaps there is someone there that can help lead you because there is a lot of politics to it. And, you know, what I tried to do in the position that I was in was at least help as many black and brown people as I could. And helping meant giving opportunities, helping meant also for them to recognize some things that they need to improve upon in order to get to where they need to go, which can always be sometimes a very uh, difficult conversation to have. But, you know, I just figured there's a high possibility that no one else will do this for them. And so I did all that I could while I was there in that position. But so to find somebody to support you, it could be internal, it could be external, but also figure out what is it exactly that you want? Because if you don't really understand what you want, you're just going to continue running on the hamster wheel. Um, And the reason is, yes, because there are people blocking you, but also you don't have a clear vision. And I'm not saying that you have to have it all figured out. We're all always trying to figure it out. But if you just have an understanding on what perhaps maybe your first step should be or maybe what your end goal is, then you can figure out, okay, how do I need to play this game, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is a game to be played. And I think that will help you figure out your next move. And then perhaps the people that you surround yourself with, if you can give them that vision of what you want to do, then they can say, okay, received this is where I think how your move should be, right? Mm-hmm. And not in just in terms of just figuring out how you want to do as a career. Now, in terms of how you need to navigate in terms of personality or communication challenges, that's a whole nother thing, right? And so I, I don't ever want someone to feel like they can't express themselves or have a voice. And one of the things I would always, you know, try to tell my directors to help the team and then the managers themselves, we need to define their voice. They're still trying to figure it out. But one of the mm-hmm. things I would say is like, we need to identify your voice because there is power in that. And if you are shaky in that, people are going to tell and they're going to break you down. So let's really hone in on that and get confident in that. So you can step into a room, no matter if it's all white males, no matter if it's all white female or whoever the fuck is in that room. And you can still move and stand in confidence and stand and know that no matter what you do, you don't need them. You don't need them to tell you you did a great job because you already know you did a great job. Um, You know what I mean? Like, it's hard. You want acknowledgement, right? And you want to feel like someone is thankful for your services. All of these things that... 
all of these things. And I definitely understand that. And I definitely think that is important. And as leaders, you need to do that for your team. But a lot of times you're not going to get it. So how can you move through this knowing that someone may not say thank you and someone may not say you did a good job? There's a couple of things you can do. You can get the fuck out and go move on to something else. Or you can say, hey, I love this brand and I want to make moves. And I think that I can gain something here that can help me get to the next. So, you know, play the game. They're using you just as much as you need to use them type thing. So figure Mm -hmm. out what you need from them and get there. But don't hold on to, oh, but I need you to tell me I'm great. Mm. You know, that that's where a lot of people get caught up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's not good to do that. I am just saying a lot of times you may not get that. And I would hate for someone to get stuck because someone is not telling them that they did a good job. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of have to take control of it yourself. Right. And so the other part to it is I know I was talking about voice and defining your voice, but also figuring out how to use your voice and still be vocal. Like you and I, we mm-hmm. say what's on our mind, right? We mm-hmm. give it to them straight. It is what it is. But we had to figure out how to do that in mm-hmm. a space that someone can still hear us and that we can still be influential. If you are mm-hmm. not influential, it is going to be very difficult for you to become a leader, right? It's going to be very difficult for people to listen. So how do you figure out your voice in, in a way that you can influence a room? And sometimes mm-hmm. that takes humility, that takes practice, that takes an awareness, but also in that you want to be authentic. So us who are straight shooters and us who don't like bullshit and get really irritated when somebody bullshit in them and they mm-hmm. we feel like we got to stop them because you don't take bullshit and you don't like people talking bullshit to you, right? Mm-hmm. We had to figure that out. We both mm-hmm. did. I've had someone hang up on me because I told him something and mm-hmm. he legit hung up on me. At work, he wow. sent me a card and a gift card later, but he didn't like what I had to say. You know, I had to go through all of those things. I had to go through someone saying, stop talking, right, about what I was saying. And the other person who talked was a white female, said the exact same thing that I did. And they mm-hmm. heard it and they said, great idea. I've been in those situations, right? So I could take it and be hurt, but I decided, okay. I'm not going to let y'all do this to me. I am also okay with my personality. I'm okay with being a straight shooter, but I got to figure out how to play this game a little better. I had to figure out how to still be a straight shooter, but do it in a way that people can still receive it. So there's a lot of things to navigate. I feel like I said a lot, but um, I think that was my biggest thing. The skills and the experience That all comes, right? That all comes with hard work, having great coaching, having great leadership, and just having a passion for what you do. That will come, right? Mm -hmm. But the communication, the getting to the leadership part, for people to hear you, to be influential, to influence a room, like that was the hard shit for me because I was the aggressive one, apparently, right? Mm -hmm. I was the one that if someone says something, I'm like, no, that's not going to work. That would be deemed, Lauren, you're not being collaborative. So- Mm -hmm. I really, truly had to figure out how to get through that to get to where I am now. And so now I try to help others do that. And then being a black woman, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, you got all that to work with. Yeah. um, Yeah. Be challenged with, you know? 
Yeah, that that definitely resonates with me. I will say like when I was at Complex, that was a a challenge. I was still in that process of learning how to speak up and say what could or couldn't be done. For me also, yes, I'm a black woman, but I have a soft voice. So you can meet me and I'm like, hey, la la la, I'm so sweet and Bianca. And the next thing you know, when I'm being stern, people are very like, you are talking to me like this? Like it, it's, it seems to shock them. So I think it's because of my voice, um, but it could be other things. Um, and so, you know, that just had been a challenge. And I'm not going to lie, it was hard sometimes not getting the recognition or acknowledgement for the hard work that I was doing. And I can look back in hindsight and it's like we were all doing so much. Everyone had their head down. Everyone was just on go. So I don't think that people were actually taking a stop to see like everyone who's running by to be like, good job, you know, good job, good job. But that did have an effect on me because I didn't have a great work-life balance. So a lot of my learnings come down to like personal development and giving myself grace, setting boundaries. But it is something that I've learned. And what's really helped me is that ultimately I look at stuff and I'm like, it's not Bianca.com. Yes, I want people to open up LinkedIn and see my name on someone's list of like, she did a great job. Like, I would love that. But I have to know when to step back and be like, okay, what is worth me speaking up about? How should I do it? And then also, too, when it's like nothing else can be done, I'm going to just have to tell you Mm -hmm. what it is. And, you know, you can tell me what it is and then we just separate because sometimes – the lesson is that you've given this place all that you can yeah. and maybe you, the leadership opportunity is somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely have to protect yourself. I, I used to laugh at some, some of my coworkers and be like, why do we care so much? If I didn't care so much, I could just let this shit fucking go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still learning and have to learn when to let shit go. Sometimes it's just not worth it. But I wouldn't have gotten to that place if I didn't go through all of those hard things. Those are things that you have to figure out. I was there for a long time, but I had to fight for some of the things that I got in order to get promoted and all those things. I had to literally like slam my hand on the table and be like, listen to me, look at me. I'm telling you I could do this. And then when they finally did it, they're like, oh, Lauren, we're so impressed. I've been doing this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you just didn't see me. You know what I mean? And so, but everyone there was doing their best, right? And I had more patience probably than others to wait it out. And it ended up paying off for me. But not everyone wants to do that. And that's okay. That's what I said. If you don't want to deal with it, you just, you know, go to the next. And, and that's okay. That is okay. But what is not okay is you not having self-awareness. I'm not saying you, but just mm-hmm. people not having self-awareness and not working on that and figuring out how to improve that so you can get through these hurdles, right? Because they're going to be hurdles, no matter mm-hmm. if you're working for a white media company or a black media company. And I've worked for both and they're going to be hurdles, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Thank you so much for just talking to me, Lauren, because Every time we have this conversation, I do leave feeling so inspired and just reminded of who I am. And also, 
like you make me feel like patience. I hear like a lot of patience and just like everything's going to work out. Like when I look at you, I just think that way. And it's not just because of the work that we've done and the years of management, but that's just your like energy. And I really, really love that. And I'm so, so appreciative of it. Okay. Here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. What makes you feel supported as a black woman in your field? Oh, my people, my village. Yeah, they're uh, pretty amazing. And that's where I get my support from. Obviously, like I have, you know, my family, my husband, I have my support there. But in terms of like people that understand what you're going through because they're in the business itself, in our industry, you know, it's hard when some of your, even your close girlfriends, they just don't understand it because they may not be in the industry, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've developed mentors and close friends being in this industry and they really have helped me. You know, we crack jokes, we talk about this, we vent, we do all of these things, we share ideas, we network for each other, whatever, whatever it is that we need, we genuinely will try to provide for the other person. And I just think it's really important to have your village because without that, then it's gonna I feel like it's gonna be challenging, at least for me. I'm someone that needs like a support group. <laughs> so that has really been a blessing for me. And I think that's just evident in the way that you are a mentor. I'm pretty sure that there are people who worked under you who are like, okay, Lauren, yeah, you're my boss, but like, I wasn't trying to have you be my mom or my mentor, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just really love that you never let that bother you. Like, you know who you hire or you know who's on your team, who is meshing with you and who is kind of not meshing with you anymore, mm-hmm. but you still have made sure like, okay, I see you, but I see you. So here mm-hmm. I still want to pour into you. And it is just so appreciated because I know that there are people, everyone needs community. I think that's what we're as humans put on this earth for. But in the workspace, not everybody honors that. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, my community is my family or my friends at home, you know, separate. A lot of people like to keep work yeah. and personal life mm-hmm. separate. So I just really want to thank you for not necessarily doing that and like still, you know, recognizing that people need that support and pouring into us as a coworker because you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And sometimes people don't know because they just don't know. They haven't received support. I had a lot of people come on my team and say they've never had a black woman as their boss before, their manager. And I did, right, when I was at Essence and who I took a lot of my learnings as a leader from her. And then there's a people that don't fuck with you. There's a moment where that would bother me. I'm like, what? What did I do? But not everyone has to like you. Not everyone has to rock with you. If you need my help or support, I will give that to you. I will honor you and I will do that because I hired you because I think that you're good at your job, right? And so mm-hmm. I would still, no matter what, give them something, right? And if I felt like there is a wall up and that it was hindering for them reaching their greatness, I would tell them that. I've told someone that before, like you get in the way of your own self. When are you going to stop and realize how amazing and great you are? Like just fucking stop. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But people have many reasons why they are who they are. And I Mm -hmm. can't control that. But all I can Mm -hmm. control is to shine a light towards them, maybe make them feel supported and loved in a way, and they can do what they want with that. But at least I know I did my best and that, you know, I tried. Mm -hmm. 
you said that you you get support from your husband. So I want to touch a little bit about balancing family and career. And also I want to mention another thing back at Complex. I was like so caught up on my ex and I'm just like, oh my gosh, am I going to have love? Like, what am I going to do? And you gave me this book from Teray. Oh, Tori Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And honestly, Lauren, I looked up to you in so many ways because I'm like, she's doing the damn thing and no shade. But at the time you were single, you bought a house and Uh I would look at you and I'm like, Lauren does not even look like she cares about this. Like she's just living her life. She's doing her best. Like, and like, then next thing I know, I I was trying to find out too, girl. (laughs) It was like, February, you're like, yeah, I'm back with my ex, my long-term ex. We reconnected. And then April, you were engaged. And then like June, you were married. I'm like, damn, like, geez, that positivity. It was September. It was September. It was a few But just saying, that makes me excited too, because I feel like I have to figure out so much stuff. It's like, I got to figure out my career. I got to figure out how to be my best self for myself. I got to figure out how to be attractive to some guy. And I'm like, God, I don't want to figure anything out. I want to give everything to you. And I think about you, Lauren. I'm like, Lauren was not giving that energy and like. <laughs> that too, I was going to church, listen to Pastor Torre. And he was married to Pastor Sarah Jakes Robert. They were coming in, giving a word, helping us young folks. But I for sure had my moments like, damn, am I ever going to find someone that I just can rock with like this? I've had many moments like that. You know what I mean? Like, am I going to have a family? I'm going to do all these things. But I just knew God had my back. I just knew it just was going to happen at some point. And until then, I'm going to have fun. You know, I meet young people who are in their late twenties, like, oh my God, I need, I need to find, I'm getting nervous, not having found someone. I'm like, you're in your twenties. You kidding me? Like yeah. you haven't even arrived. <laughs> yeah. I was like, get into your early thirties because you got a little money, you know, mm-hmm. do your thing, have fun. You know, I think back when I wanted to do it sooner, I personally wouldn't. The only time I think about it is when I'm super tired because I have two kids under three. And so that takes a lot of energy. And if I was younger, I could probably have more energy for this. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I had so much fun. My mom told me, she was like, travel, have fun. She told me that. And so I always kind of kept that up. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to have fun until it happens. And all I could do is be who I am and work on myself so I can attract the type of person that I want to be with and then understand who I want to be with, right? Mm-hmm. I would encourage people to understand what you need so you know the type of person that you want, but you can't want something that when you don't understand yourself, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So that time allowed me to do all of that work and you're still figuring it out. Even when you do find your person, you're still evolving. You're still figuring it out. You're still trying to figure out as you evolve because you change, but Girl, you just got to focus on you. You just got to literally do fucking you and Mm -hmm. everything else will fall into its place. But you truly, truly got to believe that. That year, I said, I'm going to relinquish control. I told myself, I said, God, I'm going to relinquish control. I'm going to let you control this from here on out and I'm going to listen to you. So that's how I moved. And I got Mm -hmm. engaged and buried in that same year. I, I love that. Said, oh, well, I guess this is what we do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We took the wheel. I guess right. this is where we pulling up to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I definitely hear you. I feel the same way. 
and just in terms of like releasing control, I don't know. I mean, well, I only got a few more uh, months left before this year ends. So I don't know what, what's going to happen. But definitely with all that has happened to me um, since I've been in California, there's been so much like personal development and having to release control of just so many things. I'm just like, by the time I leave L.A., I better not have no issues with that. Like, it should better be easier. And thank you for talking to me about that because that definitely is a real thing. And it's not something that I really do talk about on the podcast with my Black women friends because most of us are single and we're killing it. But like, take the microphones away and we are talking about what's going on, you know, for me. But I know it'll all work out. I'm just yeah, like, just go out and experience life and everything will come. If you want to buy a house, buy a house. I went through the whole, should I wait, you know, so I can go half with somebody on this because this shit is mm-hmm. expensive. Absolutely. But then I was like, you know what? This is an investment for me. I still have the house that I bought. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now it, it's an investment. It becomes investment opportunity for now my husband and I and now potentially something my children will have. So just do you do life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Life is so, 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 so short. You know, and so just enjoy every single moment and just be joyful, filled with love and joy. I literally pray for my kids and I just ask God for them to be filled with love and joy. I just, if they can have that, I would be so happy. So how has it been balancing family and career, at least before you left Complex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, 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 really lately hard because my husband also has a very demanding job and he travels a whole lot. So it was very difficult having kids and doing that. What he was really good at was tapping into resources. I felt that I need to figure out how to do it all because if I didn't, then am I not a good mom or am I not being Mm -hmm. a good wife, whatever. But it wasn't realistic. I couldn't keep up with the demand of what all that came with. So I came to accept the fact of like, if you can, like lean on your resources, right? So whatever that is to help you with your children, to help you with pickup, to help you with, you know, keeping the house clean, whatever that is to you, fucking do it. Like, do not hesitate. It makes life so much better. It will make you better. It'll make you a better person. It'll make you better for yourself, for your children, for your husband, for your whoever. It will make you a better person person. And if you don't have the financial resources to do some of those things, you know, tap into your village. That's why your village is there is to help you. So if you need time or if you need a weekend or whatever, just ask. And the worst that they're going to say is no, I can't. But Mm -hmm. what if they said yes, Mm -hmm. you opened up another support system for you. So yeah, I just tell people to tap into the resources and don't try to feel like you have to do it all. Like, I think it's very difficult to do it all with no help. Mm -hmm. It's just, Mm -hmm. I think it's unrealistic and it's not a healthy thought to have. I think it's interesting that in your career, in these management roles, you have to assign things to people. Mm -hmm. So to hear, I hear this a lot with women when they have children, they're like, no, I have to do everything. So I just find it to be interesting that you have that hat, you have that mindset to be resourceful and tap into your team. Mm -hmm. But then when it came down to your kids and being a new mom, that wasn't like your immediate Mm -hmm. 
No, so I'm, it's, it's just, a completely different thought. I'm a, my mindset is very different at home, right? Like when I'm off at work, I don't want to make any decisions. I don't, mm-hmm. nope, nope, I don't, nope, I don't care. Figure out what, what do you want for dinner? Can you just think about what we want for dinner? I don't want to think about that. I don't mm-hmm. want to make any more decisions. I have been making decisions all day. I have been putting out fires. I have been managing people's emotions, grown ass people emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when I come home, I don't want to deal with any of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have to transition because I do have very young kids. And so I have to deal with a toddler and a baby. Well, now I guess Cash is now becoming a toddler. He's 12 months. But like now I'm dealing with a lot of emotions at home, Mm -hmm. right? And so I I have to figure out how to be patient because I feel like I'm impatient. So I have to figure Mm -hmm. out patience in that. So that's a transition. But I have a completely different mindset. And I really think it's just because once I'm done with the day, I've just had given so much to work. Mm-hmm. A lot of that part of me shuts down because I'm done. I'm just done. Yeah. Which is it, could you say it's a little unfair to the family? Sure. But I think we all do it. And I think I have to mm-hmm. give myself grace for it. They understand, my husband understands we all work and we just have to figure it out and, and try to be the best for each other and support each other. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out how to give to your kids. Then you also have to then after the kids, your husband needs your attention. And then you're like, well, shit, what about me? The dog had a labradoodle. He mm-hmm. thinks he's human. And so he needs attention 24 seven. So everyone mm-hmm. needs attention. And so you just have to one, like I need my time. Like my ministry is not necessarily motherhood 24 seven. And so like, I definitely need my space. I definitely need my time to go and decompress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's yeah. some, my, one of my best friends, she can be like mom mode all the time. I don't know how she fucking does it. 24-7. <laughs> that is not me. And yeah. I came to acknowledge that and I came to be okay with that. That mm-hmm. is not me. <laughs> yeah. When I acknowledged that, I was able to figure out what do I need in order to be a great mom and to be supportive of my kids and st- still continue to be present. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Have you ever taken any type of courses that helped you with dealing with so many different types of emotions and people just like mm-hmm. as a manager? Have you ever done anything like that? Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and sermons because in the day I love human behavior. I'm so curious about human behavior. I also have this really weird natural. I have this natural ability to I can break things, just break things down whether it's a problem, whether it's a project, I can just break things down, right? So mm-hmm. when people come to me with problems or friends or whatever, they'll tell me what their issue is. And I'm just like, okay, tell me. And I can just break it down and figure out, ask the right question to figure it out. And so I think having that allowed me to be curious enough to, to kind of hone in on that skill. Also, like I said, I just listened to a lot of podcasts that helped me kind of think about human behavior, communication, and really communication comes down to just a few things. Mm -hmm. And we said it earlier, people want to feel acknowledged and seen. That's really fucking it. But sometimes things you are not able to see because you're too far deep into it, your pride, whatever, your ego, something may be blocking that. But if you can take a step back and just realize that, then it can really help you navigate um, a lot of things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It feels like a superpower of yours. And I'm just like, dang, like I don't really hear her talking about, I took this course, I did this to be better. It's just really just that self-awareness and 
Yeah. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is key. But also just having a curious mind. Like when I listen to so many different podcasts, but the type of podcasts that I'm listening to are just podcasts that are about spirituality, faith. It's about communication, relationships. It's about leadership. And so I just, I identify people that I truly enjoy listening to, or I just saw, I like their energy or I like what they're saying. And I just, I'm like, if they have a podcast, I'll listen to it or I'll follow them, right? Mm -hmm. Figure out how did they get this way? You know what I mean? Or if there's people that are very open about the type of people that they love, I'm just like, oh, I wonder, then maybe let me look into this person. Maybe that person inspired them. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm obsessed with Yara Shahidi. I think she's an amazing human being. And whatever her mom did to put in that girl's spirit mm-hmm. is like, I'm just like, I follow her mom. I'm just like, what was that? Because she is a beautiful human being. Just her mind is beautiful. And so she's like obsessed with James Baldwin. So I was like, let me listen to James Baldwin and just learn about him more. Like we all know, but what is truly, what is his essence? What was his struggle? What was his challenge? And so that's kind of what I do. And another one was um, Jay Shetty. He was a monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jay Shetty. And now he's not, but now he just goes and talks to people and do all these things. And I just loved his the calmness about him, his humbleness, like all of these things. Um, so there's many people like that, that I have kind of attached myself to. And I just listen to them and I just mm-hmm. apply it to life. Because I think one of the great things about being here is to experience the world and experience people and experience different perspectives. You know, I know I said, I really pray about my children having joy and love, but I also, for me as a mom, it's really important to me to be intentional about the experience that I provide my children so they can have a global view of just life and people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so whatever that is, you know, animals, right. Whether Mm -hmm. that's through traveling, whatever, just talking to different people, I think that really helps shape your mind and gives you very interesting perspectives, questions, questioning yourself. So yeah, that's kind of how, that's like my course. That's how I Mm -hmm. educate myself. I love that, Lauren. You are such a beautiful person inside and out. Like your mind, the way you think, the way you approach things, even your family. So beautiful, Lauren. Uh so before we go what affirmation are you using to get you to the next level i am worthy and i am enough especially in this new phase of me finding you know whatever this new chapter is being a mom being a wife a lot of times it can feel hard you know just hard and sometimes you can second guess yourself you can question do all these things but so you just have to remind yourself like i'm worthy i'm enough you are worth it and, and, mm-hmm. and I think to tell other people that, to tell you, like, you are worth it. You looking for a man? Girl, don't worry because you are fucking worth it and you are enough. Just fucking remember that shit, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's a great reminder. Yes. I love that. I received that. I know that whatever it is that you do is going to be great. And oh, if you. you find something before thank I you. find something, hit me up, girl. I know. I know. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to be all right. We're going to be yes. all right. Yes. We're doing a beautiful thing here. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm trying. I'm mm-hmm. trying. I'm, maybe this could be like what you were mentioning, being a part of that Black Hollywood event. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day this could be some type of platform for Black and brown people mm-hmm. that they're really excited about and they feel like it was made just for them. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, we need these type of safe spaces. And so I think what you're doing is important. So keep it up. I think that you're moving in purpose and intention and everything in that, I think you can only receive success. Now, will there be challenges? Absolutely. Because nothing, you know, nothing is going to come easily. But I think that as long as you move with purpose and intention, you're going to be all right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So before we go, was there any last thing that you wanted to to say to the viewers or anything that you wanted to ask me? Um, No, I just want to say thank you and viewers. I would say just keep following Bianca because I think she's going to be doing amazing things. And I think what you're doing here is great. And just these conversations, I think can really, you know, uh, I'm not talking about mine specifically, but just in general, what you're doing, I think can really help people who may feel stuck or need some inspiration or, you know, just need some something, you know? So I just say follow Bianca. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you with that. Um, (laughs) And that I will end the episode. I hope that you really enjoy it. I did. Yes. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.